It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome, and I am so happy you could be with us today. It is a gorgeous day in Virginia, just a beautiful fall day, and we're so excited to have you. I've got Lee Hubert here with me. I'll introduce Lee in just a second. But what we're going to be talking about today is the drama in the workplace, and how do you make shift happen, and how do you escape the dreaded drama triangle and empower yourself? And so, I, you know, I hope you're in for a fun ride, and we'll have some fun with the cast characters and, you know, everything from uh, persecutors and villains and jokers and all kind of good stuff. So I have so much appreciate some notes and things I've gotten in the last few weeks from people from all over the world, China, Egypt, uh, the UAE, Vietnam, and of course, many U.S. cities. It is just a joy to hear from everyone and hear what you're enjoying about the show. So let me tell you how to get in t- contact with us. First off, you're listening to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership, and I'm your host, Jeff Smith. You can reach me at, um, well, let's do the let's do the email first. Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com is the email, and then the website is www.VoltageLeadership.com. You can like me on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me at LinkedIn at Jeff Smith Voltage Leadership Consulting, and follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. I'll get the uh, phone number in a minute. It, it comes up on break, so I'm just going to skip ahead so I can get to Lee here. But let's start with, you know, have you ever wondered why there seems to be so much drama on your team or maybe even at your company, maybe even in your family? I'm just curious how much that drama costs you or your organization in lost productivity, turnover, absenteeism, certainly, and low morale. So today's Volcast, we'll explore these and other questions surrounding the impact of drama in the workplace. Not just with yourself, but also with others that you work with. So Lee Hubert, the principal consultant with Voltage Leadership, is here today with us. Lee, hello. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I am so happy you're here. So we're, we're going to talk about this uh, cultural Bermuda Triangle, where we've uh, got all kind of roles that we fall into. There's three dysfunctional roles that I'm sure you're going to teach us about. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can also be a real challenge when when we get into this cultural uh, Bermuda Triangle and we can't seem to get our vision, mission, and productivity really gets lost. So, Lee, you know, I know you're a leadership coach, you're a facilitator. I know you're going to be a keynote speaker in Washington D.C. tomorrow at a, at the G2 conference. Yes, sir. So good luck with that. that sounds good. Yeah, I know that you've got geez, tons and tons of experience in, in great organizations, um, working in hospitals and uh, working for power companies, etc. You know. You certainly have seen uh, drama, you know, in the workplace. Uh, you know, I know in our in our time together, you know, we both have worked in human resources. We've seen our share of drama. Yeah, thank. Yeah, I think so. So, what is this thing called the dreaded drama triangle, and and how do we get out of it? Well, interesting question, and thanks. Good to be with you again, Jeff. Um, the dreaded drama triangle, and how do you get out of it? We're going to deep dive into that uh, today. As you know, uh, a lot of our content about the dreaded trauma triangle and how to escape it is based on the book from David Emerald, who you've interviewed before. Yeah, yeah. if you go to our website, we did a, a Joel cast, and you can listen to an interview with Dave. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Which was very, very good, by the way. And in his excellent book, The Power of Ted, The Empowerment Dynamic, describes what the dreaded drama triangle is and what the antidote is, which is the empowerment dynamic. So 
listen carefully, carefully to me now. We're, we're going to try to make shift happen. So if we're going to make shift happen, uh, we're going to try to shift the focus from what we don't want to what we do want to move from reacting uh, to responding to workplace experiences, reconnecting with and focusing on our desired outcomes. Yeah, so I think that's an important start there, Lee. You know, um, when we're in the drama, what I hear a lot is, I don't want this. I don't want, you know, I don't want this to happen to me. And we certainly, I've got a lot of clients that end up that way. They talk about their mm-hmm. direct reports or it can be their life or, you know, in some cases, you know, we all have that person that just seems to always be, you know, a car breaking down. They're the one that gets a cold, sick child. Oh, yeah, the drama queen or king, yes. as we refer to them. Right, exactly. You know, so I think that... Um, you know, unfortunately, that happens. You know, so I know that the dreaded drama uh, triangle has its roots in uh, behavioral health. Uh, Dr. Cartman originally identified three dysfunctional roles that people may adopt at home or at work. Um, could you maybe run us through those roles? Sure, happy to. And yes, uh, Dr. Cartman was originally looking at these dysfunctional roles from the perspective of behavioral health. David Emerald grabbed hold of those and more or less translated them for. Mm-hmm our application as leadership development people in the workplace. Um, the big roles are uh, the victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. So follow me here on this. When a person's a victim, they tell the world that they are oppressed and persecuted by what may not reflect reality, or it may, uh, but they are 100% certain, convinced that they've been wronged and in some way claim their, quote, victim status. <laughs> So the next logical question is wrong by whom or what, right? Welcome to the uh, next role of the dreaded drama triangle, and that's the persecutor. It stands to reason that we need some form of persecutor uh, to make sense of victimhood, right? Can't have one without the other. So interestingly enough, the persecutor role actually has its basis in victimhood. Yeah, you know, so uh, let's hit that victim for just a second, and then we'll move on to the persecutor. The, so a victim to me is the person whose dream has been thwarted. You know, they, they had um, what they thought was going to happen just gets blown up. Mm-hmm. And so now they can't see a way out of it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what will generally happen is a victim, what they do and look around is like, who's causing this problem on me? Mm-hmm. And that's where they find a persecutor, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think uh, good to know. Um when I say it with folks I work with, it, it sounds things like, you know, that's not fair. Um, people, you know, they, they're, they're keeping me from being able to be my best self. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got teenagers in my house. So for those out in the audience. <laughs> no drama there, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always a victim. Uh, we, we had it last week where the teacher, how dare they, <laughs> you know, they changed the homework assignment. <laughs> and that was just unfair. And that resulted in some stomping and all that kind of stuff. Again, a lot of this is just going to be what's your reaction. But, you know, Mm -hmm. in this case, the victim was, you know, one of my teenage daughters. The persecutor was the teacher. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so maybe uh, do a little deeper dive on this persecutor. And and then maybe I think there's a third character in here, too. Yeah, the the great point. The uh, persecutor is actually a victim who would rather bully somebody uh, rather than being oppressed themselves. So they're both similar Um, The persecutor can be indirect, direct, and it really is in the eye of the beholder, in the eye of the victim. For example, I'm driving on my way over here to do the radio show today. Mm -hmm. I got behind a person 
driving 29 and a half miles an hour, making me thoroughly crazy. And I was being persecuted. Clearly you were. <laughs> I was a victim. The persecutor was the, the solid yellow line on the road. I mean, the circumstances were such that don't they understand that I have to be someplace? And clearly I was being victimized. <laughs> so they're, they're similar. Let's just say the persecutor is an active victim because they'd rather bully somebody else. And the, quote, victim victim is somewhat passive because they view it, their worldview is something is being done to me, and I am powerless to do anything about it. Okay. Seems to make sense. Um, so we've got a um, victim. We've got a persecutor. It's a triangle. So the last role is what? Is the rescuer. An interesting dynamic with the rescuer. Um, you know, the oh, poor, uh, poor, uh, poor woe is me victim because of their powerlessness waits for their white knight to ride in and make their world right again, or so they would have you believe. The truth is the rescuer almost uh, acts out of selfish motives. The the art of rescuing is often a a short-term feel-good and a way of avoiding with their own oppressors in their life. You'll hear things or you'll see people patting themselves on the back and say, what a good person I am. I helped out such and such when they were in a jam. It's actually quite condescending because it says to the world, you poor victim, you can't handle it. You're incompetent. Therefore, I, the wonderful I, must ride in uh, to your rescue as opposed to developing that person. Well, it's kind of nice. I like to ride in a white horse in a costume. You know, that sounds like it could be a good role. Coming up a couple days, 31st, I get that. But it is a role, and it is condescending. And you know what? Wouldn't you just rather develop the person and and tell them what they, to our point, focus on what they can do versus what they can't, focus what they want to do versus what they don't want to. Yeah, I'll push back just a little bit. So I think condescending is a decent word. Um, I think that there are times that way. I don't think that, I think often the rescuer doesn't even realize they're doing it. I don't yeah. think they mean to be condescending. Yeah. So I uh, was with a group this morning, actually, and um, I call it the Staples Easy Button. Yes. You know, where the folks are coming all the time with questions, 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 and there's just not enough time to develop them. And so they become that Staples Easy Button. Mm-hmm. But they're also a rescuer because... It's just that they're so slammed and so busy, they don't even have time, mm-hmm. right? So I think that there are times where, like, in um, relationships or uh, I expect you to take uh, an action where if you don't take my advice, then I'm going to be frustrated. I think that's the condescending part. Yeah. But I would also say that many in our audience, you know, maybe they're in charge of HR for, for their company or they're a manager with 10 direct reports. All day, they're just getting sort of bing, 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 is yes. that, that uh, Staples Easy button, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they don't mean to rescue, but they don't almost have any you know, other choice, right? Well, some people, and you're right, condescending might be a little too, too stiff, but the, there are times when people would just jump in and do the work rather than, you know, doing the things we're suggesting. For, for example, if you have a person who may have some uh, suspect technical abilities, and I've seen this on teams in healthcare and other verticals we work in, finance, technology. But they might have some suspect technical abilities. And some have their work covered for them by well-intentioned teammates, a.k.a. rescuers, only to discover later after the teammates have moved on uh, that there was still a real exposure uh, for the lack of technical competence. So as you know, in some of these verticals, you know, healthcare distribution, it's, it, I mean, it's one thing 
to have this kind of exposure in a distribution business, for example. It's quite another to have it in healthcare or in a hospital system. Yeah, sure. So it seems like we got three roles that we covered in this section. Um, and, you know, I think what we'll do is we'll continue to build this. We'll make it even stronger. We'll, we'll help people understand the roles as we go, out, go throughout. One thing I'd want you to know is that we do all three roles, right? So mm -hmm. we have a default role. So listeners, what I want you to be thinking about is what is your default role? Mm -hmm. We each have one. We, we can be a victim. We can be a persecutor. We can be a rescuer. But we tend to default to one or the other. And don't think of victim as like this negative, terrible word out there. It's just where do you find yourself in space? Do you, do you find yourself um, having everyone else seem to dump on you? Or do you feel like you're in control of your world? Hmm. So, um, you know, if we're going to play the victim card, I see that we're getting ready for a break, Lee. Hmm. And uh, here we go again. We're being oppressed by the time card. <laughs> we're being victimized once again by the hard break. Or, you know what, guys? We can't wait to see you again on the other side of this break from our sponsor. So we'll see you in just two minutes. Take care. <laughs> Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You've heard of good things coming in packages. Well, maybe there's a little more to that saying. But when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into Ditch the Box with host David Marinak. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show. It might just save you a ton. Ditch the Box is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tired of wasting time and spending marketing money with little results? Are you looking for more leads, clients, and revenue in your business with predictable results? Tune in to Mojo My Business with the team behind Mojo Global, Ira Rosen, and Corey Michael Sanchez. Our program will showcase proven expert solutions that have helped countless businesses outsell the competition and gain massive market share. Mojo My Business can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. This is Jeff Smith. We are talking about making shift happen. How do you move from drama to empowerment? I've got Lee Huber from Voltage here today. And I would just like to give a shout out. You don't ever hear him, but uh, Jason is our sound engineer. And he had the uh, plugged in the phone number for me. So at the top, you know, I could have been a victim. I couldn't find that phone number. But <laughs> Jason was my rescuer. And so if you, you need us. You were persecuted. I, no, no. I was, he, he was my savior. Okay. He was a rescuer. So that number again is 1-866-472-5788. And uh, thanks for joining us today. So before the break, we were talking about the three roles in the dreaded drama triangle. Um, and we're going to start to talk about how do we go about 
uh, getting out of the dreaded drama triangle, but first we have to fully integrate it and understand it. So, Lee, can you just remind us of those roles? Yes, please. Uh, three primary roles that make up the dreaded drama triangle, the dysfunctional roles. There's the victim. This is the oppressed underdog who wants to tell everybody who will listen their tale of woe. Second role is the persecutor. This is the real or perceived oppressor, the one who would rather be the bully rather than a victim. And then the third role is the rescuer, the well-intentioned enabler, emphasis on well-intentioned, who helps perpetuate the energy sapping triangle of dysfunction. (laughs) That doesn't sound good. No. So um, let me, I'm I'm just going to hit this real quick. Uh, You've heard me, I've got four children. So for folks out there that maybe are trying to understand the role just to to a better extent, this is every Disney movie ever made, basically. (laughs) And almost every drama show that you watch in the evening. So let me just give you an example. A victim is from Beauty and the Beast was Belle. Mm-hmm. So she gets kidnapped away, mm-hmm. you know, um, made to uh, stay in the castle. So her persecutor was the beast, mm-hmm. right? And then originally her first rescuer was going to be her dad. Her dad goes away. And then, you know, he gets Gaston. And Gaston is going to come and save the day. Gaston. But I want to show you how these things move and how in just one minute we can shift in the conversation because that's just like our workplace. Mm-hmm. So one minute, Belle is victim but then the beast goes and likes her and they fall in love. And so all of a sudden, now beast becomes the victim. Mm-hmm. Gaston becomes the persecutor. And look, Belle went from victim to now she's the rescuer. Well, that's not enough. Now the whole town's going to come and now they're going to be the persecutor. Again, the beast is the victim, dad and and Belle. That's our workplace though. Mm-hmm. Right? It sure is. Yeah. So maybe, you know, this dreaded drama triangle what are some of the impacts on business? You know, so we move out of the Disney movie and into our business settings or our, you know, not-for-profits and all that. What's the impact in our organizations? Like that is a great question. And, you know, you're right. Uh, you could make the case that business is a victim of the dreaded drama triangle. Mm-hmm. And it is ugly. It ugly. is It is ugly. <laughs> the symptoms of unchecked drama, not inclusive list. Um, bad turnover, meaning bad turnover, uh, declining engagement, um, a lack of discretionary effort, lack of just plain eye contact when you're walking down the hall talking to somebody, lost productivity, increased absenteeism, and I'll say situational ethics because sometimes victimhood has its own little operating system that challenges people to behave differently. Not to mention it can be a uh, breeding ground for more victimhood. Um, For example, if there's a performance issue on a team, um, your team is like your little work family, like you were just talking about. And the teammates observe that the leader, you know, is really not doing anything Mm -hmm. to address it. They all see it, nothing's happening. So in other words, um, they'll either jump in and rescue the, uh, do the work themselves, the boss might do it or another teammate might do it. Um, or they'll increase the workload on other peers. And at times, as you know from your HR practice over the years, peers may decide this isn't for me and want to work elsewhere. Yeah, so good. Let me pick up on that because I want people to really feel this. So this morning, again, I was working with the organization, and we're talking about bad attitudes, Mm -hmm. right? And so there are people that are walking around with that sort of victim mentality. Mm -hmm. And so it represents things like a bad attitude, um, certainly the folks aren't engaged. You can see in a meeting, they're not putting in their two cents in. Mm-hmm. And then someone else is their friend, tries to rescue and says, hey, you know, Lee, 
why don't you get in the game here? Mm-hmm. And then Lee puts in, says, fine, I'll put in an idea. <laughs> and then there's uh, Jane over there, and she's just like, Lee, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Were you there? I was there. Okay. And then I'm like, no, 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 I'm the leader of this organization. I'm like, Jane, that's not how we're going to talk about <laughs> And now she thinks I'm a persecutor. She thinks she just persecuted. And Lee's just like, oh, good gosh, can I get out of this meeting already? Yes. Right. So these are all the things that happen. And they're not, they're really not spoken. Um, you know, so I think we're getting a sense for the role. Again, as a reminder, we're all, we do all of these things. We're, we're all part of this. You know, mm-hmm. I tend to be my default position is a rescuer. So listeners, when I ask you, I tend to want to come in. But I will tell you to name my own kids. When I'm with my daughters, I tend to be more of a rescuer. So mm-hmm. my teenage daughters, I did not grow up with sisters. So when I come in, I'm sort of like, I don't really understand. My wife, Beth, is always just kind of rolling her eyes. Like, she don't, they don't need rescuing here. Mm-hmm. But I have two boys, too. When they, like, maybe talk back or, you know, don't stick up for themselves, mm-hmm. I can be a bit of a persecutor because I remember what it's like to be a, mm-hmm. you know, almost teenage boy and oh, have yeah. to stick up for yourself. You bet. And so same family, mm-hmm. same dynamics. Your roles just switch. So. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, well, you mentioned the magic word, Jane. Jane, you're listening. You know, this is all good, okay? The uh, uh, I learned many years ago. I'm a little bit of a rescuer, too. Mm-hmm. So there are times when you're listening to your spouse or whomever. You're listening to your, your team at work. And there's some instances where you're not supposed to propose a solution. Right. You're just supposed to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm also very high I and D on the disc, as we've talked about in previous uh, shows, that you know, my, my default position is to try to jump in and rescue it or do something. Find a solution and move on. Yeah. Can't you see the solution? I can see it. I'm the brilliant eye. Let me come in and rescue and let's move on, right? Yeah. And you're still back here in victimhood. And I'm just like, okay, after a while, I don't know if I can help you. Well, those people that are listening are probably about, if they're listening to us you know, on the well, on the computer while they're driving, they might be driving off the road at this point. <laughs> We've got them in so much drama. You know, is there an antidote for all this drama? Clearly, you know, we don't want this to always be the case. Is there something that we can do? Absolutely. I mean, if you observe that this counterproductive behavior goes on and self-perpetuates, it just goes on ad nauseum and it just sucks the energy right out of your company or right out of your teams. Fortunately, you know, as you know, Voltage Leadership has been able to deploy and employ many, many toxic culture busting techniques and we do this on-site at client organizations and it meets the dreaded drama triangle head-on so remember those stuck in the drama triangle seem to perpetually dwell on what they don't want versus what they do want so here's the antidote we're going to talk about the empowerment dynamic ready Um, so the three roles that form ted the empowerment dynamic ted are the creator uh, the challenger and the coach the creator is the former victim Mm. who moves from reacting to choosing with some insight about what they want. Okay. Just pause for a second. Let that sink in, right? They move from reacting mm-hmm. to choosing with some insight about what they want. Begs the question, what do you want? Right, sure. Are you able to choose? Mm-hmm. By the way, you have some responsibility in the transaction. The challenger is the former persecutor who moves from the need to either put down or pull down to building up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Similar dynamic. Why do you need to do that? Sure. Third thing is the coach, the former rescuer who instead of telling victims what to do, now asks them how they plan to do it. 
Okay. So all you, pa- all you parents out there, I mean, just heard you talking about your boy. Okay, how are you going to do that? Right. Or your girl, I'm not going to rescue. How are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. And if you have trained them to accept your rescuing behavior, they're going to expect it. That's right. And there's a shift. Okay, we're making shift happen. Right. So there, that's a shift to, gee, that's really interesting. How are you going to do that? Yeah, you know, um, what's striking me is the difference between Beth and I a lot of times in the household and our parenting styles even. You know, uh, if, if kids forget their chores or something like that, Beth will know how busy they are, tons of homework and activities and all that kind of stuff. She tends to just naturally rescue, mm. whereas I'm much more like, oh, my gosh, get it done. Yes. And now I try to take a step back and say, okay, let's have a conversation about what's the ideal outcome. What are mm. we trying to get? Because I'm trying to coach them up and saying, here's what our needs are for the family, mm-hmm. but what can you do to help? And so was, as I think about it, you know, when we're at our best – I remember to calm down and ask a question mm-hmm. and I asked something like, you know, how do you think you can best, uh, most effectively do your chores this week? In, in the workplace, you know, you'll have sometimes like, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm, I'm, you know, really struggling. So the victim, hey, look, this is a big word. Bad things happen to people. Okay. So we're, mm-hmm. the, we're not talking about murders and things like that. But mm-hmm. I will tell you that there are former victims that somehow get back to create in the future and say, this is not how I'm going to be. We're more in the workplace saying, you know, you just kind of had a bad deal done to you. Mm-hmm. And now it's a matter of, are you going to harp on the bad deal mm-hmm. or are you going to say, what are the possibilities? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it, it may stink that I didn't get the promotion I was hoping for. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the shift I want to work. But given that, what can I do? So those are the types of questions the creator asks. So mm-hmm. that starts to say, what can I do instead of like, oh, everyone's doing something to me? Hey, I can control my own attitude. I can choose my attitude, that other kind of CYA. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, CYA. I like it. Back to the Future reminds me of a movie. Mm. Um, yes, when you think about the – I somehow see you doing an act, after-action review with your kids. Is that <laughs> Sometimes uh, that happens. After they, roll, they roll their eyes and they're like, Dad, we don't give us that coaching stuff. You're doing a root cause <laughs> analysis after the fact. Well, Beth is just in there saying, okay, you know. So, um, when you look at the other roles, um, you know, you were talking about victim to creator. Right. Um, we're looking at the rescuer to coach uh, role as well. Just like the victim and the creator, the primary action was uh, moving from – um, reacting as a victim to choosing as a uh, creator. Then uh, in the rescuer role, the primary action goes from telling to asking. So as we alluded to earlier, how are you going to do that? Uh, are you going to tell me? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Tell yeah. me. Yeah. How are you going to do that? So the rescuer thinks sometimes, you know, I have to save other people. It'll be good. It'll be worthy. I feel sorry for them as a victim. Oh, well, it was me, the poor victim. Uh, you know, they jump in and save the day and, you know, the the, the coach thinks differently. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're resourceful. I think these people are capable, resourceful, creative. I trust their abilities. Um, I'm compassionate, but I'm engaged. Uh, I'm supportive. You know, I'm not relieving them of the responsibility to do things they should really do for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to the persecutor challenger dynamic, the antidote being the TED, right? We're talking about the d- empowering people. Uh, the primary action goes from uh, putting down to building up. Mm-hmm. So you think, why do you need to pull anything down? The persecutor a lot of times thinks, I must win. I'm dominating. I know best. You know, and sometimes they've never been really challenged themselves, right? Sure. So they may be uh, uh, have that dynamic. The challenger, on the other hand, you know, lets things unfold. 
you know, they are supportive. You can do this. Mm-hmm. I have every confidence you can do this. Right. Um, they have that awareness. And, you know, they provoke or evoke feelings in themselves to others to take positive action. Right. I love it. Well, you know, um, I think lots of good things there. So we've gotten it and we'll just continue to do a, a bigger debrief about how do we do it and how do we put this into play. But, you know, that time cock, it's persecuting us again. Oh, not again. Yep. It's time to catch up on another break. So we'll see you on the other side of two minutes when we'll discuss practical ways to put Ted to use. Thanks, and we'll see you in two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last, return to the sea. To Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now, back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Hello, and welcome back from break. This is Jeff Smith. I'm here again today with Lee Hubert. Lee works for Voltage Leadership Consulting, and we've been having an awesome conversation around how do we make shift happen? How do we move out of the drama in our workplace into a more empowering space? And we're going to pick up a little bit from our conversation even last week where we had Jennifer Owen O'Quill on and we talked about coaching for peak performance. So we're going to kind of intermesh these two. What I want you listeners to be thinking about is in that last section, we talked about the three roles, a creator. So that's the person that's a former victim that moves into the space of how do I get to choose? How do I empower myself? How do I move into a proactive space about shaping my future? There's a challenger, that's the former uh, persecutor, who needs to, to move from putting people down to how do I build up? Mm-hmm. The intent changes. They're, they're looking about how do we make the team better? How do we make the organization better? How do we mm-hmm. make that person better? And then finally, the coach. That's the former rescuer. And they are what they do is from telling and giving advice, they shift to asking questions and helping to do things. I want you to be thinking about what's the one that's going to be the hardest move for you. So for me, a lot of times, going from persecutor to challenger is a hard role. 
I don't realize when I'm in persecuting mode. The easiest shift, though, for me is rescuer to coach. So as a listener, what I want you to be thinking about is what's your sort of default role that you think is going to be the easiest to get into and how can you get in there? Additionally, what I'd say about like a creator is getting comfortable with asking questions. So if you walk away with a lot of work after having a conversation with someone that you work with, you're probably still in rescuer mode. When you're in coach and challenging mode, you should be having that other person scope out their work. Yeah, you might need to give them uh, one key contact. But in general, that's going to be their job to go follow up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in rescue mode, you're going to want to do all that work, you know, because mm-hmm. you want to feel valued, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so good. So that's kind of the primary recap of that. Let's talk about what we're seeing, Lee, and some of the companies we work with on how do we actually use this and go into some practical ways of putting this in play. Interesting question. Um, like you say, you recall from last week, Volcast with uh, Jennifer Owen O'Quill. Um, you were discussing discussing coaching for peak performance, and there's a message there. So we think about it. You're coaching for peak performance. Um, you know, all teams have drama to some extent or another. What are the tools and tips and practical application of things we can do to help people overcome some of these things? So let's start with victims, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, statistically, I think, and at least I believe this. I don't know if it's valid or not. <laughs> On a, 10, on a team of 10 people, you're going to have one or two, maybe three victims, 10, 20%, something like that. Sure. And some of it's a choice. Some of it has to do with how they're wired at the factory. Some of it has to do with their maturation process. Uh, some of it might honestly have to do with your leadership style or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you get people who, for whatever reason, seem to be engaged in a lot of drama? And people will generally agree drama is not a good thing. It sucks energy out of a team. And everybody rolls their eyes. Are you people rolling your eyes? I see who you are right now. So, okay, great. So what do you do? Well, behind the manager's closed door, there are some things that we point to in particular doing some of the one-on-ones. One of the things is one of those equations that you employ. It's about performance, right? Last week, you were talking about coaching for peak performance. There's an equation. I cite the equation slightly different from yours. Performance is that person's potential minus interference. Sure. I will use the word distraction a lot of times. So I'll kindly and tactfully get that person behind my door, either as the boss or as the HR person, and say, you know, tell me about the things that are distracting you. And I'll try to listen as intently as I can Mm -hmm. and try to coach them up or sculpt their uh, world to try to limit those distractions. And from my point of view and my experience with a lot of different organizations, this has been really valuable. A lot of times the victims feel something bad is happening. They feel like they're not heard. Okay. So... um, yeah, I, I work with a lot of victims as well. And so I think that there's an element, you have to listen, mm-hmm. um, but you have to challenge. You have to really coach them up and say, here's what I'm noticing. So recapping back to them, because a lot of times victim wants to make sure that they're heard. Mm-hmm. So in a well-run one-on-one, and I like the tease for next week. So for mm-hmm. next week, we're going to be talking about behind the manager's closed door. Yes, so we, we have a lot more tips and tools next week. So stay tuned to Lee and I for next week. <laughs> tease, tease, tease. Tease, tease. Um, I may be persecuting a few of you out there, but you know it'll be, it'll be coming next week. But it's... That good, effective one-on-one where you listen, recap, but you don't necessarily accept it. Um, I would also just say, you know, I've got some folks that say, well, should, should Jeff, I, I, I handle their personal problems? Well, you know, here's what I'd say about that is that you're getting the whole human being. You're not just getting the worker. Yes. So your job is not to solve their personal crisis. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you can't be empathetic. Oh, but I'm a rescue. I, I want to solve their yes, personal crisis. Yes, you would. But... What we need to do as a coach is say, gosh, that's really hard. What do you need from me? Okay. 
and you should not be picking up a lot of it, but you can be empathetic and understanding. And if, you're, if your organization has employee assistance programs, you may pass them on to there. Mm-hmm. If it's a, a time management issue, then let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. But really, a lot of times, it's just starting with listening to that person, the victim in this case, and then not going into rescue mode, but more into coaching and challenging mode. Mm-hmm. Good. What else you got for us? What are some other best practices? Oh, well, you want to build on that? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, you mentioned the word challenge mm-hmm. and present. Okay. Those are two big things. There's a challenge aspect to being the coach, obviously. And informally, in, in the drama triangle, the challenger is the opposite of the persecutor. I would add on to that thought that the challenger is part of the coach. To your point, I think it's a valid one. I think it's a great one, actually. If you don't challenge the victim, they're going to take away from that transaction, that managerial transaction, that their behavior is okay. Mm-hmm. And if you don't challenge it, and it happens all the time, people, there are people in leadership roles and sales roles and management roles who, for whatever reason, I'll, I'll use the lack of challenge or just managerial laziness. Nobody's gotten them behind the closed doors to say, are you aware of that? Right. The other word was present. Mm. And as you know, we talk about the five gears. Right. And are people present? So, the non-present leadership role that wants to perpetuate drama can do so by ignoring their team. <laughs> yeah, if you really want drama on your team, just don't be present. <clears throat> by what by that I mean, when somebody brings you to something, are you listening? Are you? You don't have to agree necessarily. Sure. Do they? A lot of times when people leave a company or a team or cause drama, it's because they can't be heard. Yeah. So I think the, what I want to take out from that is leaders out there you got to be present in two ways. One is when someone's coming in a one-on-one or even a team meeting, you've got to turn off the smartphone. You've got to get away from the computer and just really look the person in the eye mm-hmm. and really listen to them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it could feel like you're persecuting a little bit and not really giving the time and attention. And you're then, almost disrespectful. Right. And that would just feed into that sort of victim mentality, right? Mm-hmm. I think the second is, yeah, you can't be wanting to be liked. Right. Because our job is as a leader is to set the tone, to create the environment. And so if we're going to be the coach and the challenger and allow creativity to happen. Mm-hmm. You mean shift to happen. Yeah, there we go. We, we have to create that space that happens. And if you're getting everyone, everyone to sing Kumbaya and like, <laughs> like each other and all that, then you're not going to get to the space. And right. what's going to happen is you're actually going to end up creating a new set of victims because they're like, how come that person always gets to yeah. get by with things? And they seem like the, the uh, leader's pet and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So some of this you could say, oh, it sounds a little soft. It is not soft at all. This is, this is hard. This is yeah. an art form to be able to find that space of running a really well – uh, home team meeting where you allow conflict, mm-hmm. but it's healthy conflict. It's not persecuting. It's challenging. Mm-hmm. Does that all make sense? It does. It's talking about engagement individually and as a team. Absolutely. There's two things I wanted to touch on. One was, you know, as you know, we're, I'm a big fan of the team charter, the team's mission, vision, and values. And that is absolutely a function of leadership. Yeah. So if you want to decrease drama on your team, set a healthy tone for the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you said it. I mean, there are, there, are, there are teams that are replete, rife with leaders who just don't pay attention. And when they don't, sometimes uh, drama results in, in noise. Nobody cares. I mean, you can hear the words. No, they're not paying attention. Why should I care? Right. So, you know, and even, you know, it depends on what you're, what you're after as well. Is, 
is the the tutelage or the the coaching about skill set? Is it about personal development? You said the word the whole person. Mm-hmm. What do you want? Right. What do you aspire to? You want to finish an advanced degree. You want to improve skill set. All that stuff. So you got to be curious as the. Oh, coach. what a what a shock! <laughs> you actually want to understand the people that are in your charge and your roll up and see if you can do things to help them be healthy and productive and happy. Right. Now I learned many years ago you don't necessarily have to love everybody you do business with. Sure. But it sure feels better. And again, to your point, Jeff, you don't really necessarily, you, you know, I'm not necessarily wanting to be quote liked, right? right? It isn't about my personal ego or comfort within my own skill about whether or not the people on my team like me. There's an element to that. Of course, we're all human beings, okay? Uh, and you're around your family, but there is a clear line of demarcation where you're in a role and they're in a role. And you are your role is to develop them if you're, if you're, if you're paying attention. Um, Dilbert points this out brilliantly. I wanted to get to him in just a second. Okay, yeah, let me just recap there, and then I'll let you get to some Dilbert here. Um, so effective one-on-ones mm-hmm. will, will help to get to what I call the desired outcomes. What is it they're hoping to do? Yeah. What is it you want? What's your goals? What are the outcomes? Different set of questions than dealing with the current reality of this stinks, life's not fair, yada, yada, yada. Team meetings. We should have a clear set of expectations of how we're going to interact with each other Mm -hmm. so that just by setting clear expectations, so setting some ground rules, how are we going to interact? If there's a breakdown, how do we handle the breakdown? How do decisions get made? What are the roles? Provide clarity. All that allows people to come in and do their best work. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering how to get out of the drama, hey, get curious, ask what's the desired outcomes, set some team ground rules so that we know the operating norms around here. Absolutely right. Well, as you know, we employ and deploy a tool called the waterline. Right. And we've done this in many clients. Some of you have been, we've been in, t- in together with. And it's a function of leadership. So if you want to decrease drama, get out of the drama triangle and, you know, and foster engagement and healthy things on your team, think about going farther up the food chain to the foundational things of mission and vision and roles and responsibilities. Many times when there's drama on a team, leadership falls into the trap of drilling on one or two people or a small group of people. Big mistake. Yeah, sounds like a victim just waiting to happen and a persecutor. And it's to my earlier point about being a breeding ground for further drama. So they may have some legitimate things. However, if the roles and responsibilities and expectations are pointing out with clarity, then that's a different discussion. That's a performance issue. Right. But a lot of times leadership just doesn't do that. You mentioned everything, they're too busy, they're this, they're that. It's like, okay, you are translating the strategic intent for the frontline people on your team. Well, I think we've got just enough time here for uh, Dilbert. What, what what in the world are you talking about? Dilbert rocks, okay. Uh, also the cartoon Dilbert. Yeah, okay. th- this is the cartoon Dilbert. If you envision the, the, this with me in your mind's eye, there's Dilbert and he's talking to the boss. And it's a brief conversation. And it says uh, to, to the employee, how's that employee engagement going? And the boss says, I'll make you a deal. And it says, I'll pretend to be happy here if you pretend to believe it. And the boss says, I need more than that. Well, I want. I also want you to pretend that you're loyal to the company. And the employee says, well, I can do that if you pretend to be interested in my career development. And they wrap up by saying, can we do that without talking? And the boss says, that's the best way. So the debrief with the boss is, my job was a lot uh, harder before I figured out all the shortcut, uh, shortcuts. <laughs> So that is not what we're talking about, but Dilbert is so often on track. 
And so what I would say is um, we're going to wrap up the show here in just a minute with um, a few a few practical tips to take away, a preview of next week, and then a, ability to sort of just say, how do we actually do this in the workplace? But I choose to be a creator now, and it is time for a two-minute break. And looking, looking forward to coming back after break. Talk to you in just about two. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back here to the last segment of the show. So glad you could be with Lee and myself today. We've been having a great conversation around drama and empowerment and how do we get in and out of drama and into some empowerment and things like that. We've had cartoon characters, uh, Disney shows, <laughs> Dilbert, Dilbert. We've had a little bit of all kinds of characters on this show. You know, even in, uh, you know, like Batman, you know, Batman can often be the rescuer and, yes. and the Joker is the bad guy. He's the persecutor. And then, you know, Lois Lane or whomever can be, you know, well, I guess that's Superman, but I'm mixing my metaphors. But, you know, we've got them all. And so it's just always happening in our life. You know, so what I would say is, you know, People do make this shift, though. It, it can sound like it's just impossible to have happen. And so let me just tell you about one of the situations. And, Lee, I'd be asking you to be thinking about one for yourself sure, to, sure. to share. But what I'm picturing is that I had this person that was just constantly sort of in the victim space. And what would happen is that they were, um, gosh, 
Uh, the team really always banged on the door. So she was a leader. So she'd be sort of this rescuer to the mm-hmm. team. She was the easy button. Bing, mm-hmm. bing, 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 bing. Mm-hmm. But then the, what would happen would be she'd start to feel like a victim because she felt like people were kind of taking advantage of her. Mm-hmm. And she was working long hours, tired, overworked, overwhelmed. I'm the victim. Yeah. And it was easy to see that, right? And new house and not going to spend any time with the kids. Persecuted by the employer. I mean, all the circumstances. Yeah. And so what we worked on was helping her recognize that she was the one giving away a lot of her time, mm-hmm. that others weren't really trying to persecute her necessarily, but she made everyone come by and ask questions. She didn't have regular scheduled one-on-ones. She didn't have regular scheduled office time. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we started doing, saying, all right, so what are the possibilities? So she says, you know what I really want? I want to be home for dinner at least three nights a week. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to sit down with my family. See how that's just shifting. What do you want? I want to be home three nights a week. Okay, great. I want a team that knows how to answer their own questions mm-hmm. and can give each other feedback and hold each other accountable. Great. So we create some tools where she could teach them that. Mm-hmm. Right. And she became more of a challenger to the team and saying, hey, when they bring feedback, have you shared that with somebody else on the team? And instead of jumping in and solving it. Mm-hmm. And it's these little steps. And I will tell you that now she's able to have sort of three to four nights a week at dinner. She actually chooses on Thursday nights to stay late. She created her own space and said, I'd rather have one late night. Hmm. Her son has practice that night. So hmm. instead of going rushing home and rushing out, she makes one long night and then picks him up for practice and feels like she's caught up. But instead of being in that victim space, see how she created so many rooms awesome. for herself. Yes. And so it is, you are capable. It may take one or two months to get from that space to a new space, mm-hmm. but you have to believe in the possibility. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, Lee, what about you? You're working with tons of people. What, what, give me an example from your. Yeah, what I heard you say is this individual may have been allowing themselves to be persecuted. Oh, totally. Yes. By not having the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people just don't give themselves permission to have boundaries. Totally. Um, I'm envisioning actually a, several managers, but a, a couple, one in particular, where you know, behind the HR door over the years, mm-hmm. um, they come to HR and say, I got a problem with the point. Really, what's the problem? <laughs> well, I got somebody who's not fitting in with the team. Really, what's the problem? Oh, you look so excited about yeah, this. Yeah, well, you could probably my voice inflection changed too. The, you know, what's the problem? Well, they're difficult. Well, what, what's, what about them is difficult? Well, they have a bad attitude. Well, could you explain? What does that mean? Sure. So, and but I think they need to, you know, vacate my team. Okay, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So they want you to do all the heavy lifting. Translation, you're the rescuer. They were uh, bringing you the rescue mode. And a lot of times that's what the expectation is culturally, right? Mm-hmm. So they're expecting you to do the heavy lifting for them. So anyhow, the where the shift took place was, you know, we would get behind the door. And this is necessarily the HR door with the manager and say, look, you know, uh, <laughs> this actually happened. I would look at the person and say, you know what? We've got to, uh, we have a totally respectful dialogue with you. We've got some feedback and some encouragement. Mm-hmm. And I would look over at the manager and say, your manager is about to give you all this feedback. And the manager would look in the manager's eyeballs. You're going to force me to do this, aren't you? And I'm, am I persecuting you? I'm forcing you to do this. Uh, I'm not their manager. Last time I checked, you were the person that was in their, either in your role up, not mine. Sure. So there's a to- coachable, teachable moment there uh, for leaders to say, you know, here's here's the shift. We're making shift happen. We're getting out of that rescue mode, and we're going to be in the coach mode where you absolutely have to find the fortitude. And it's good. It's good practice. It's mm-hmm. it's what you're supposed. What we're paying you to do for crying out loud. How are you going to do that? Yeah, and so what I'd say, <clears throat> you're going to go throughout the day, and there are going to be some parts where you rescue, and there are going to be some parts where you coach. 
we're trying to get you to be more consistently. So the shift doesn't happen overnight. You just don't flip a shift. <laughs> you just don't flip a switch. <laughs> exactly. Shift happens. That's right. I may have just uh, persecuted myself. <laughs> but what's gonna what we're trying to do for you here, um, and we'll continue this conversation next week, is just more times throughout the course of the day, don't be in that rescuer mode. Yes. Don't fall into the victim mode. You know, as you talked about, you know, I use the same example of like, you know, driving and I could have left five minutes earlier and it wouldn't matter if the person was driving 29 miles an hour in front of me. If I left five minutes earlier, I could have been. Oh, it made a great deal of difference to me today. I was persecuted. I was a victim. Let me tell you. Sure you are. But if you had left five minutes earlier, you could have been there and been calm and it could have been a lovely drive in. No, I wouldn't have. There would have been somebody else. (laughs) So anyway, though, (laughs) what, what will happen is these are little things that you can do each week. And so I, I don't think that there is a perfect sort of um, pill that you take here. Right. But what will happen is starting to ask yourself, you know, what should I be doing here? Me dropping the word shit, just what do I want? Instead of finding what I don't want. So I don't want someone driving slow in front of me. Well, what I want is I want to get there calm and relaxed. So yes. what can I do next time to do that differently? Maybe on my team, you know, what I want is a really good relationship with people on my team. So what I can do is set up a team where we have some recognition, we have clear expectations, and it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's moving from reactive to proactive. Mm, interesting. Well, there was also a, a phrase that says, how would the person or manager that I want to become handle the things that I'm about to do? Mm. And sometimes if you haven't had those incremental steps or baby steps making the shift happen, it's good to get out of psyche just a little bit and ask that question. Mm -hmm. So how would the person or manager that I want to become deal with the things that I'm about to do? Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's been a um, fast moving, you know, venture through this. And so next week, what we're going to be doing is sort of behind the manager's closed door. You know, you always wonder what's happening back there. And it's always unclear to people, what actually do they do? So Lee and I are going to pick up the conversation next week with a series of conversations about how do you do effective one-on-one, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some ideas on an effective team meeting, how do you really give some tough feedback mm-hmm. and be able to challenge that person. We'll have some tools, we'll have some thoughts about mm-hmm. that. Um, Lee, anything else you want to tee up for you're, next week? You're going to be behind the manager's closed door and everything that that entails. So if you've ever had to have that tough conversation or have avoided having that conversation and there's drama on your team, stay tuned next week. Save the drama for your mama. <laughs> if if somebody's engaged in drama, remember, you do not have to sit through the entire performance. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just because someone has a lot of drama in their life doesn't mean that I have to buy the ticket. Right? Absolutely. And so I do think that that's uh, you know, my closing thought on this whole drama thing is that don't invest in other people's drama. Really get the people on your team that are pulling with you, that have positive energy. If they've got bad attitude and you try and try then it's time to give some really clear expectations about what what is our team going to look like mm-hmm. and how do you need to be on our team. Mm-hmm. So having the courage to have a tough conversation, mm-hmm. again, probably do that in a one-on-one, set some clear expectations in a team meeting, but don't become the rescuer. Become the person that coaches people up and challenges them. Mm-hmm. So, Lee, it's been fantastic to be with you. I'm looking forward to having you back next week. I know you've got to hit the road here in just a minute. Uh, good luck in your speech in D.C. Yes, sir. Thank you. Looking forward to it. All right, so uh, just to recap, it's been great having you on with uh, Volcast Illuminating Leadership today. We are so looking forward to having you talk to us. If you need to reach us in the interim, please call us at area code 547-798-1963. You can also reach us at 
Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Our website's www.VoltageLeadership.com. You can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. Connect with me at LinkedIn, Voltage Leadership Consulting, or Lee Hubert at Voltage Leadership Consulting. Follow me on Twitter at JMU Jeff. And you've been listening to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. It's been an awesome week. We cannot wait to have Lee back next week. Thanks, and everyone have an awesome week. Thanks. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week. 